This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community. For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. We're into a new year and new resolutions. You know, weight loss and healthier lifestyles are near the top of most people's list for a change, but you know, sometimes change can be hard. Joining me today on How We See It is Jennifer Comey, certified health coach for Pinellas Weight Loss. Jennifer and her husband, Dr. Albert Comey, have been guiding people for years to better their lives in habits and nutrition. Full disclosure here that Pinellas Weight Loss is a supporting business partner on Spirit FM, but they've not donated any money to Spirit for this interview, nor has Spirit FM staff received any compensation or personal considerations for this interview. Jennifer, good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me today, John. So it is a new year, as I said, and a lot of people are making these resolutions of losing weight, better lifestyles. Sometimes that change is difficult, though. Is it a mindset for people? Change is difficult for anybody. When I meet with somebody, one of the first things that I ask them is, why? Why do you want to lose weight? So you could look at me and you know why I would want to lose weight. (laughs) But I mean, that may not be the case for everyone. Right. You know, again, things are tied to emotional triggers, too, for a lot of people. You know, it's maybe finding what those cues are to then figure out a new routine and a new reward for that. You know, a lot of people do turn to food when there's stress and other things that may happen in their life. So it's really finding even to a new reward system, you know, but it's identifying what is triggering that for them. Finding that underlying reason why somebody wants to lose weight. You know, I've had a lot of people come in and they, we all have different reasons. I'm going to have a different reason than somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, many times it can be not simple, but it could be that people aren't able to play with their kids or do things. I even had a gentleman to where he was at Bush Gardens and couldn't pull the safety harness safety harness down. And that was a huge emotional thing for him. Wow. And that just flipped a switch for him. We have to make for any decision, whether it's you know, losing weight or smoking or alcohol or whatever it is, is making that decision. You know, we can say we try and try, but until you make that executive decision that I got to make a change in my life, that's the real key. Sometimes it's love for a spouse. Mm -hmm. It could Mm -hmm. be that the doctor has scared you into saying, you're not going to live another five years unless you make a change. Maybe uh, you want to be there to see your grandkids grow up and graduate. So a lot of different reasons for people. Yeah, everybody's going to have their own reason why. And it's finding that and using that as an anchor every day to drive you there until you create a new habit. Depending on how hard something is, it's not going to take 28 days to create a new habit. Depending on how difficult it is, it can be months to do that. So depending on how hard and the severity of that is, will take a little bit longer. But again, once you find what that cue is for you to grab that bag of chips or the donut or whatever, you can at least then create a new reward system for yourself and not go towards food. And that's going to take time and repetition to do that. Is that a, I mean, there's difference between habits and something in the brain that cues. Mm -hmm. So, so my thing is I like salts. I like salt popcorn. 
chips, those kind of things. But sweets, eh, it doesn't matter to me. I don't, I don't really eat those much. If there's cookies there, fine. I'm really not going to go for those. But if there's a, a sack of popcorn, that's for me. Pretzels, that's for me. And it, the queue comes in sometimes, for me, I'm going to speak for myself, between 8.30 and 9.30. Is that a habit or has that become a habit in my head? Or is there something in my brain, a chemical that's saying, time to eat? Well, and that's what you need to figure out because you saying it's happening between 8.30 and 9 o'clock every night. What's going on for you at that time? And that's what you need to figure out. Is it really that I need something to eat or something salty? Or do I need to distract myself by just going for a short walk or talking to a friend? or And that's going to take time to figure out. It may not be that you really need something to eat or something salty. No. And that's going to be what each person needs to figure out of going, hey, is it that I just need to talk to somebody? Is it that I just need to get up and move for a minute? And oftentimes I will find, and again, I'm speaking personally, that I'm not hungry. It's just Mm -hmm. something there is like, okay, I need that crunch. And I find that when I break the routine of being at my house Monday through Friday night versus if I'm out at the camp with my buddies or I'm out on a fishing trip, that time goes right by. I don't even know it. And yep. so, therefore, I'm not drawn to it. So can environment also be a, a factor? Definitely. I mean, you you created that routine, say, the Monday through Friday, and that's what your brain is going to remember. That's a trigger time. That's why it's trying to figure out, am I truly hungry? Do I just need to do something else? Do I need to grab a glass of water? Sometimes hunger and thirst neurologically may be the same. I tell people, grab a glass of water first, and generally that will at least, you know, curb that or satisfy them for that moment. So let's talk about water. Okay. That's one of the big things I hear often is you got to drink X number ounces of water per day based on the formula of your weight Mm -hmm. and, and so forth. What is that? That's generally what I tell people because the whole eight ounces eight glasses a day is not going to be right for everybody. Because if you have somebody that's 100 pounds and somebody that's 200 pounds, you're going to need different quantities of water. Typically, as an easy formula, I tell people, drink at least half of your weight in ounces per day. So if you're a 200-pound person, we want to be drinking 100 ounces of water a day. And I know for a lot of people, they hear that number and they almost oh, faint. Wow. <laughs> but I tell people, we need to gradually move up to that. Once your body's used to it, you'll know when you don't get enough water. Most people are walking around dehydrated and they don't even know it. And they're only drinking maybe one or two glasses of water a day. This isn't liquid. This is water. When somebody's drinking coffee or caffeine, you know, you actually have to drink more water than you did before because that's dehydrating you. But that's an easy formula to remember. Gatorade or those uh, sports drinks. Some are are, uh, non-sweet and so forth. Does that count as the water intake? Is that liquid intake? I tell water is water. Okay. And even too, again, I'm not going to, there's hundreds and hundreds of different products out there. Some may say zero sugar and other things like that. You still need to be careful because a lot of those may have artificial and things like that. Ideally, most people just don't like the taste of water itself. I tell them just put a little bit of 
lemon or lime or some something like that as natural as you can be because there's a lot of artificial mm-hmm. ingredients in many of those products. Stevia. Stevia, what is that? So another say sugar. replacement for sugar. There's a lot out there again you have to be careful on which ones you're getting. You know, speaking of sugar, ideally we want to be minimizing that as much as possible even if it's still artificial. Uh, I've used like was it true something? Truvia. Yeah, it's like Truvia and those calories or something. Yeah. Ideally, I still tell people to stay away from those as much as possible. I don't even have any of that in my house. I would still use something that like that on a very limited basis, especially if it's going to be something like NutraSweet and those kind of things. Those are actually neurotoxins that can damage connections in the brain. That's a whole nother story yeah. we're not talking about today. Sure. I mean, I'm but trying to wean still, myself. So yeah. is that, a, you know, a good in-between thing to get me to eventually to where I can just drink straight water? That would be ideal. Yeah. You know, if you can't go cold turkey, then weaning, going little by little, then would be ideal. At least you're lessening the amount that you're taking in every day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's another one that's been around since the 80s, Diet Coke. Well, I'm drinking a Diet Coke, uh you know, and, and and I don't, you know, I'm saying Diet Coke. It could be diet anything. They don't have sugar in it, but it's got an artificial sweetener. And would you say just stay away from all the carbonation? Carbon. So soda in general, obviously, if people can avoid that, would be ideal. As for diet drinks, obviously, we're all going to have varying opinions on that. I like for people to stay away even from diet sodas because again many of those are going to be artificial ingredients in there so should uh, in your eyes should everything be all natural if it was if i'm putting that in my body yeah so ask yourself is what i'm about to put in my body going to nourish it or is it going to hurt it anything generally that's not grown or god made and is boxed or canned is not going to be as good for you nutritionally. I tell people as best you can when shopping, stay on the perimeter of the store. That's going to be your ideal area. Everything in the center generally is going to be boxed or canned. So so something maybe with a short shelf life. Yes, because when you're reading and looking at things on the ingredients, the most potent things are going to be those first few. Those are going to be the heaviest ingredients. So just as a little hint for somebody, you know, if there's 20 things on there, the heavier items are going to be listed at the front and tailored down. And my thing is, is if you can't pronounce it, it's probably not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so so growing up, I remember the food pyramid. That's kind of evolved and changed as we have in research over the last yeah. generation. And I remember you eat your fruits and vegetables. Vegetables, yes, but I've heard differing opinions on fruits. Again, going back Mm -hmm. to the sugar concept, Mm -hmm. yes or no on fruit? So fruit is good, but it is still sugar. The ideal things, you want to look at stuff that is going to be a lower sugar content. Usually those are going to be berries like blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, raspberries are going to be on the lower end. Because still, if somebody's eating multiple fruits a day, 
you know, when you look at it and something is 15, 20, 25 grams of sugar for one serving and you're eating five fruits, you're almost hitting 80 or 90 grams of sugar a day. And that's probably more than twice the amount that we should be having a day. So it's about moderation with that. Something like bananas. Bananas are going to be higher. I usually tell people if they're making a smoothie or something like that, and they absolutely have to have maybe that in there, do a half. So usually the higher sugared fruits are going to be bananas, melons, pineapple, those kind of things. Those couple are going to be the higher. That's why if you can stick more towards the berries, those are going to be on the lower end. Okay. A big trend in the last 20 years, kale and those kind of uh, leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are trying to make all kinds of seaweed is another one that I've seen. Sometimes you got to get past the taste, though, in order to endure it. And that's what makes it difficult for people to go on a diet is I just can't stand the taste. How do we overcome that? Well, even too, you have to in the beginning, you do have to have some time investment to find things that you like and the way that you're going to prepare them. So what I may like, you don't. And it's going to take that time to figure out alternatives to maybe instead of just having it steamed, you know, I have people cook with, say, uh, coconut aminos instead of, say, like a soy sauce and things like that. So they're generally all are alternatives you know, to prepare things. And it's taking that time to figure out what you like. Growing up, again, we always had the, um, and I'm from the South, so it was Crisco, (laughs) it was lard, it was corn oil, vegetable oil. Over the last, again, with these food networks that we see on television, they're putting those foods in front of you, different uh, ingredients, different healthy ways to eat and ideas in the kitchen. And they're cooking with different oils originally it was like olive oil was the big one for a while. And you just mentioned like coconut oil, avocado. I think Mm -hmm. I've seen grapeseed oil. Is that another one? Yes. What's a good one to pull off the shelf that's going to be, you know, I'm also price conscious these days because some of that stuff is expensive. Well, again, I would go minimal with certain oils. And again, you have to do a little bit of research or again, working with a professional that has researched and knows a lot of these things, but even too, when you're cooking on the stove, different oils would be able to handle, say, medium heat or high heat yeah, or don't use heat. Smoke so, content. Right. Stuff, yeah. But even when I tell people if they're just steaming, say, broccoli and they're using a skillet, instead of using oil, I just drizzle a little bit of water in there and cover it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not using any. Right. So, again, people have to determine what's important to them on what they're going to spend their money on. Again, you know? I grew up in Tallahassee from the South. That's no excuse. It should be in better shape. I love my fried food. I like. I grew up fried fish, fried chicken. If it can be fried, yeah, it was it. Now they've come out with air fryers. Mm-hmm. Good alternative? Yes. A lot of people are using those. I have one. So again, it's going to take, you know, people are scared of, especially older people may be scared of new technology and things like that. (laughs) But once you do it those first few times, it's going to get easier. And, And that's a great alternative to instead of, you know, using a quart or two of canola oil, peanut oil, whatever you're using. Yeah, that's also expensive, Mm -hmm. too, by the way. 
I like to snack, as I've said earlier in this interview. What's a good snack alternative? So ideally, obviously, we want to be staying towards maybe vegetables and things like that. Have I tell people you have to be prepared. Have things cut up. Otherwise, then you make not so good decisions. (laughs) I do tell people if they are snacking, say, between like lunch and dinner or whatever, ideally, if you can have a bite or two of protein, That'll at least help stabilize, you know, blood sugar for people as well and not just eating a piece of fruit or obviously you can eat some carrots, celery, cucumbers. You know, people have been creative with, you know, sliced tomato, things like that to at least get through. But having a bite or two of protein is good as well. You know, if people have hard boiled eggs all ready to go, things like that. Being prepared, that's the that's the key is preparing what about these um nutrition shakes and they're not bad tasting frankly yes so again that comes down to research you know and due diligence on those kind of things because not everything is created equal on how things are prepared reading the ingredients a lot of people may have issues with rice or soy so that's where consulting professional, whether it's nutritionist, functional medicine, there's a lot of people out there that have spent a lot of time and hours to be able to guide somebody, you know, so I'm not able to specifically comment on anything in particular. You really have to read the ingredients because some people may have reactions and issues with some of those that are in there. So I have heard that like certain vitamins, you know, we go into the Mm -hmm. grocery store and there is a wall, a sea of nutritional products and I'm not talking about groceries I'm talking about the the vitamins the fish oils Mm -hmm. the different things that are there and supposedly they're not there's some question on who governs that and whether the ingredients are true and is that the same with these nutrition drinks or do you know I don't necessarily know about that typically if it falls into the same realm of how you say that things aren't maybe governed as well that's why I tell people Typically with nutritionists or other doctors where they may carry what they call pharmaceutical grade supplements, those are regulated because if you're just buying something off of a drugstore shelf, they may not be as each pill could maybe be a little bit different. You know, that's where it's important to find out what's important to that individual and what you need, because there's thousands and thousands of different products out there. And, you know, it's working with somebody to find out what your actual nutritional needs are to find out what's going to be the best path and best best road for somebody. We're talking with Jennifer Comey, who is a certified health coach at Pinellas Weight Loss. Pinellas Weight Loss is a supporter of Spirit FM, but they have not donated any money for this interview. We're not, we're not receiving any compensation for that. You had mentioned these nutritional products. I'm noticing they're easier to eat because now they make them in gummy form. You know, these little spongy looking things. My wife has some of them. I've eaten a couple of them. You know, melatonin, vitamin C. They taste like orange. Like a, It tastes like an orange. But it seems like they're coated with sugar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Would you say those are, we should stay away from those? or? Well, again, depending on what the nutritional need is for each person, That's why, you know, I'm unable to necessarily comment comment specifically, but that's why it's so important of not guessing, 
you know, with your health. It's when you're working with, you know, professional, if it is a functional medicine person, if we're talking about not about losing weight, but general health, you'll need to have a customized plan based upon maybe blood work because it could be, oh, I'm not sleeping very well. Well, melatonin might not be the answer for somebody. Maybe it could be another underlying issue that's causing you not to sleep, mm-hmm. but you're still not finding that underlying cause. Right. You're taking something that you think is helping with that, but if you're not getting to the underlying cause of why you're not sleeping well or whatever the issue may be, that's the real key. Yeah, you're treating the symptom but Correct. not the cause. Mm-hmm. I got a friend who uh, takes sleeping pills, and he said it still really doesn't help him. I'm like, well, maybe you got something else going on. Right. Yeah, you need to check it out. What's the one thing I can take away from today? That that if I need to make a change right now, what do you say is the number one at the top of the list? The biggest thing that I think everybody could improve on is reducing the amount of sugar we eat per day or drink per day. You think of you remove that 32-ounce soda there's a lot of people that drink more than that. Sure. But just reducing the amount of sugar could make great changes for a lot of people. What about wine? <laughs> I've seen, man, it seems like once a month there's some report out. Wine is good for you. Two glasses a day are good. One glass a day is good. Others say uh, it, re- it may increase something. Moderation is probably going to be the key. I know that each study, depending on how somebody's looking at something, like you said, one day it's good and one day it's not. Again, anything in moderation. You know, if you're drinking a couple glasses of wine each night for health benefit, it may I, not be I, the it, ticket. Well, A, it's a lot of sugar, even though that's why you I'm on, on a weight loss side of things. I right. wouldn't want people drinking, you know, a lot of wine. But again, if it's something that's in moderation, just like anything else, would be ideal. Yeah, see, I wouldn't think wine has sugar in it. Yeah, just because something isn't sweet doesn't mean that it doesn't have sugar in it. But that's what we relate to. Ketchup has a lot of sugar in it, but it doesn't taste sweet. I have tried no sugar ketchup it is not good <laughs> and i love ketchup so yeah and that's i think a big obstacle for people is yeah i want to make that style and i have and i have quote tried how hard have you tried that's the next question but but it doesn't taste good or for in my case i'll start getting headaches how do i overcome that well different people may have different mechanisms of why they're having a headache you know uh, you're going, it could be like anybody that's going through a withdrawal. Maybe initially, if you're used to having, you know, that sugar or whatever that type of food is at a certain time of day, and your body and your brain are accustomed to that, and you're weaning off, it's just like anybody that's removing caffeine that you're going to have. For some people, again, everybody's a little bit different on why they may have headaches or whatever symptom they may have. As you start removing that, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's replacing again that with something else. You know, obviously make sure we already talked about water and things like that. That may help minimize some of that. But again, you're going to have that little obstacle initially because your body and brain are used to having that. How much should I walk a day? Um, The the individual, not me per se. Well, obviously movement is going to be 
good for anybody. I mean, most of us are very stationary just because of our jobs and things like that. I would tell people to, I mean, at least if you can be out moving and doing something for 20 minutes, and it doesn't have to be all in one time, any kind of movement is going to be good. It's more of, you know, we need that combination of what we're putting in our bodies. That's going to be a majority of it. But we do need movement. Our brain and our body need movement. And find something that you love doing. It doesn't have to be that I have to go to the gym for two hours, five days a week. Find something that you love doing. It could be playing pickleball, walking your dog, playing tennis, whatever that is, just to get out there and move a little bit. We're all out of time. Jennifer Comey, I want to thank you for coming in today, sharing your words of wisdom on living a a healthier lifestyle for 2023. Any final words? Let's make 2023 a fantastic year, improve our health, and just enjoy ourselves and the time that we have here. Jennifer Comey, a certified health coach for Pinellas Weight Loss, has been our guest today, and that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit myspiritfm.com slash how we see it.